Hello, Kemi. Hello. Hi, everybody. So, um, Kemi is sharing with us. This is the first time that Kemi has shared with us, but of course, you will probably know Kemi from still being on a microphone, but one of these microphones, because Kemi is one of our worship leaders, but today you'll be speaking. Um, Kemi, do you just want to introduce yourself? How old are you? What do you do during the week? Okay. um, First of all, I am 30 plus. I'll stop it there. Um, for work, I'm an engineer, um, so I work in the water industry. So we just pretty much design and operate um, systems to treat water, treat wastewater. Yeah. Brilliant. So um, I know Kemi to be a fearless woman of God as well, and so I'm excited for what she's going to bring this morning. I know it will be an encouragement to us. Um, we are in a series called Hidden Figures where we're going to look at a, sto- a character from the Bible. So I'll just pray for Kemi yes. and then leave you in safe hands. Kemi, um, sorry, I'm going to pray to God actually for Kemi. God, thank you for Kemi. Thank you for the word that you've put on our heart. God, I pray that it would bless us today. I pray that it would be life-changing for us. And I pray that we would be open to what it is that you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lois. Sorry, I'll just take a quick sip of water. Hello, everybody. Morning. How's everybody doing? Okay, I probably will need some help uh, today. So if you find me wandering off that way or that way, if you could just point me back in the middle, because I've got a a bit of a box here that I need to stay in, but in case I get carried away, um, please kindly point me back. So this is the question today. What is the nicest thing someone has ever done for you? Yes, Daniel? Okay, so you helped someone. Fantastic. Yeah, well done. Yeah, great. Okay, so refueling the car. What what else has somebody done for us? Does anybody have any ideas? Yeah? Yeah? Yes. Pardon? Oh, married you. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's a big one. (laughs) That's a big one. Does anybody have any other ones? What's the nicest thing? Or a nice thing? Because sometimes when you say the nicest or the biggest, it's sometimes hard to choose one thing. What's a really nice thing? Wow, that's nice. Flowers. Anybody else? Any unconventional things? Fantastic. That, that's a really, really touching one. Thank God. Thank God. Okay, I'm going to share my own, but hearing all those answers, mine might sound a little bit lame, but it was the idea that came to mind. Um, so I think for me, it's probably happened sometime last summer. I think the nicest thing that came to mind anyways, um, was that somebody went out of their way to open the door for me. So it wasn't just that, oh, I, I was walking by and then they opened the door. It was that they were going in the opposite direction. And they literally left where they were going, went across the room to open the door for me. And I thought that that was very unusual. Um, so that, that was quite nice. Um, so today I will be continuing the series Hidden Figures that Justine very nicely started us off on last week. Um, and today's character is Tabitha. Does anybody know who Tabitha is or was? Okay, we'll, we'll find out today anyways. Um, so she was a disciple um, in the New Testament days um, when the Bible was written, um, the, the New Testament part of scripture. 
and she did quite a number of nice things. Um, she, she, had, she, had, she lived a good life. Um, the Bible doesn't say too much about her. They're just a number of verses, but there's a lot we can learn from her life in that short um, passage. So I'll, I'll start straight away. And the key scripture that we'll be focusing on today is Acts chapter 9, verses 36 to 42. And I'll just quickly read that. Sorry if I'm looking down, it's because I'm, I'm reading. Um, the lights kind of make it a bit difficult for me to read there. So it says, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became sick and died. And after washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who begged him, don't delay in coming with us. So Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs and all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and the clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Then Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning toward the body said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. Then he called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Amen. Yeah, so, so there's, there's a whole lot that the Bible has um, just, I guess, shared in those verses. Um, and just to start off, um, just to set the scene a little bit, first of all, I'm not the prop for the message. So this dress is not part of the message. I just happen to be going out um, for an event afterwards. So I just want to put that disclaimer in there from the beginning. Um, and just set a little bit of a, a background, um, so context for these verses. So there was a lot that happened in Acts chapter 9, and I would really encourage us to read that scripture, the whole chapter, like in our free time this week. Um, so basically, Saul, who, who we all know as Paul, was converted, and, and that was recorded in Acts chapter 9. So it talks about his miraculous encounter with Jesus and how Jesus basically challenged him about persecuting the church. Um, and, and then he eventually um, came to know God. And then there's also a bit about Peter raising um, a paralyzed man and healing him. Um, and it's in the context of that, all that happening. So Peter happened to be in a town called Lydda, which was near Joppa, where Tabitha was based. And so that's how come Peter happened to be quite nearby. And I don't think it was a coincidence. I mean, I don't, to be honest, as Christians, I don't think there's anything that's a coincidence because God is a very detailed God. God is a very intentional God. So I, I believe it was actually a God incidence that Peter was nearby. Um, but there are a few things that I, I feel that we could draw from this scripture about everything. So about the miracle of healing, the miracle of resurrection. But the focus that I actually want to um, lay hold of today is more about Tabitha's life and the impact that she made before she died. Um, so there are a few um, key aspects. So the first one being good works. So verse 36 talked about how she was full of doing good works and acts of charity. And when I, um, when I study scripture, sometimes I try to um, understand this, the context in which the verse was written, because I want to see how it applies to my life today. 
There's no point just reading about things that happened 2,000 years ago if, if I can't find the connect. Um, so I, to help me do that, I sometimes go into like the Hebrew or the Greek, um, just so that I kind of understand the culture of the day, what the verse actually really means. And so I did that for this verse. So good works, actually the translation in Greek, because the New Testament was written in Greek, is agathos ergon. Can we try that together? Agathos ergon. Um, and that basically, well, ergon pretty much just means like your work. It means like your employment. So if you're into business, your business, anything that you do. Um, ergon also covers what we do here on Sundays. So in terms of serving, so the different volunteers. Um, and when we say agathos, so the, the the, the word before ergon, it just means good. So doing anything that you do well, doing it in a good way. So Tabitha did a lot of that. She did her business in a good way. She did her work in a good way. She served her local community in a good way. And this, this word ergon is actually repeated a lot throughout scripture. And it's, for example, the, um, the, the word that's referred to in Matthew 5.16, where the Bible says, let your light so shine before men um, so that they could see your good works, your good ergon, um, and glorify um, the Father in heaven. So it, it's, it's, it's quite a common word or term. The second thing that was quite important was acts of charity. Now, this one is a little bit of a tongue twister. So if we could kindly like pronounce that together. So it's Elie Mosune. Can we try? Elie Mosune. Okay, so, so this talks about acts of charity. Now, when we, when we mention the word charity, what comes to mind? Just a few guesses. Does anybody want to? Yeah. People? Yeah, Daniel. Sponsors, exactly. So people giving into things. Now, that, that is definitely part of charity, but this word is actually a lot bigger than that. Um, it actually means not just the donation, but it also talks about the heart behind the giving. So practicing mercy, showing compassion. Um, so it's not just about the money. So, so Tabitha was obviously quite generous in her life, but then she wasn't just about giving money. It was more about the heart. And we'll see that in a bit as well. So there are a few, um, when I was preparing this um, preach, there are a few accounts or um, stories in scripture that I was reminded of. Um, and I'll just ask the tech team to kindly show these. So we're not going to go into these scriptures um, because we'll be here for quite a bit. Um, but I would, I would like us to um, please look at them throughout the week because there are a few things that we could also draw from, from them as well that are quite similar. So for example, 2 Kings 4. Mark 5, Luke 7. Now, just looking at that, is there anybody that could tell what could possibly be the connection between the three? Resurrection. Resurrection. That, that's a big one. What else? So that's a miracle. What else? Jesus, yes. So the power of God, that's definitely a good one. I'll, I'll give a clue. So it's more to do with the people on the right. Faith, yeah. Any other guesses? Resurrection. Someone else said that as well. Yeah, sounds good. But the key thing with all these three people, so the Shunammite woman, Jarius, and the centurion, was, yes, they received their miracle. So they, some of them received um, people come back to life. Some of them um, received healing, for example, or a son in the first case. 
But the key thing with all of them was that they made, they made so much impact in their local communities that that impact actually opened them up to receive their miracle. So if you think of the Shunammite woman, for example, she opened her home up to Elisha, created a room for him, and it was in the course of that, she was then asked, oh, what do you want? Um, what do you need? And then eventually the prophet found out she needed a son and blah, blah, blah. The second one as well, Jarius, he was a local, um, he was a leader of the synagogue. So he was obviously quite influential. And that opened him up to encounter Jesus and receive his daughter come back to life. The centurion as well, he was obviously not necessarily a believer, but he was quite, he was quite um, generous in how he gave himself um, to the community. So he, I think he built a synagogue for them. Um, he was quite um, friendly with them because he actually asked the Jewish leaders to beg Jesus to, to come and do the miracle. And if he didn't have access to those people, I don't know, maybe the servant would have died. Maybe something would have happened. I'm not sure. But it was key that these people didn't just live their lives. They opened up themselves and that helped them experience the miracle they were looking for. So, as I mentioned, it's quite similar to um, Tabitha's story. And there are a few points that I want to draw um, for us today. So the first thing, uh, tech team, thank you, is that um, so she, she was quite generous, as mentioned. And her good works spoke for her when she needed them the most. To be fair, she died. There was no way she was going to speak for herself. She, she was gone. Um, but because she had made such an impact in her local community, people remembered her. So she didn't just like sit on the side and not get involved. She was known. Um, and she was, she was known to the point that people wanted to make a difference. They wanted to do something about her death. They didn't just accept it. And I, I was just thinking to myself, I was saying, if she just focused on herself or just did her own thing, at best, they would have given her a nice burial and that would have still been nice of them, but they chose not to just manage her death. They chose to do something about it because she'd made such an impact. And we see that even through the verses that the widows were crying when Peter came over um, to, to raise her up. They, they were really, really touched by her death. So because of, because of the good things that she had done beforehand, it opened up the way for her to um, be resurrected. The second thing as well is that she didn't just give. She didn't just, because there's some people who are generous in their acts. So they just maybe throw money at that, do this and do that. But they don't have the heart for, behind what they're doing. And the scripture that came to mind as well when I, I was thinking about this is 1 Corinthians 13. And it was a bit scary, actually. You know where the Bible says, if you, have, if you give your body to be burned, if you do this and do that, but you don't have love inside of you it's wasted. It's nothing. It, it's counted as nothing to God. And I mean, if you're going to kill yourself, it better be counted for something. So, um, but, but the Bible just shows how much God placed, how much value God places on the heart. Um, so she, she embodied Christ's heart, his compassion, his mercy, his kindness, his grace. And, and that's one of the things that we, we, sh we would want to do as Christ's disciples. The third thing as well is that when we bless others, um, it, it kind of creates a ripple chain effect. So we're able to bless others and then other people can then go on to bless others and vice versa. So through this whole experience, because the people were willing to make, make the effort, should I say, to do something about her death, many people believed in the Lord 
So that was the last line in that scripture, that because of the resurrection, a lot of people came to faith. So that blessing, the indirect blessing of her life resulted in people, more people coming to know Jesus. And also, I was also reflecting on this, that because they got involved, the church like, asked Peter to come over and she was eventually resurrected. I, I mean, I wasn't there, but I want to believe that when she came back to life, she would have made like a lot more dresses. Like, let's say if she was making 50 before, she'd have probably stepped it up to like 100 or something because she'd have been grateful, grateful for life, grateful that she even got to come back, but also grateful to the people that they did something about her death. Um, so, so that blessing even was even more um, pronounced. And, and of course, if she made more dresses, who would have benefited from the dresses? The people around her. So they also got to experience the blessing of her again, like revamped. Um, and and we, we, just, we should also like remember that, that as we bless others, it doesn't just stop with us. It goes on to create a chain of blessings. And people that we will never meet um, will be blessed because of the little that we do today. Um, so... On the basis of that, I wanted to ask us to have a little bit of a think. How are we stewarding the lives that God has placed around us at the moment? Like in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities, in the church. Do we just go about doing our own thing in and out of the house? Can't even be bothered to say hello to the neighbors, just me, myself and I. Or do we actually, do people even know us? Like, do people even know us in our workplaces? Do people even know us on our streets? Um, do people even know that we're Christians? Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, um, especially in my neighborhood. Like, I, I probably could do a lot more in terms of interacting with my neighbors. But let's be inspired by, by Tabitha's story. Like, she didn't just go about her life, head down, doing whatever she wanted to do. Um, she actually touched the people around her. Um, and as Christ's disciples, we're called to do the same. So I'll, I'll give an example um, from my own life, how I saw this principle of impact um, come to play quite well, relatively recently. Um, so towards the end of last year, um, I, I was in a bit of a difficult, quite a difficult situation at work where I was looking to move to a new area but then there was somebody in my team, um, like quite a senior member of my team, and the person was just adamant about not letting me get there. It was like they were just trying to frustrate me, trying to stop, stop me from doing that. And I had been praying about it um, quite a bit, and I, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to speak with um, another um, person in my organization who is not in my business line, so he doesn't work in my team or, or department but he's also quite senior. But the thing is, he happens to be in the Christian group at work. So I'm also part of the Christian group. Um, and so I spoke with this um, gentleman. Um, he gave me his wisdom, counsel, gave me some advice and asked me, as part of that, asked me to speak to another senior person who happened to be in my team. And I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really want to step on anybody's toes. But anyways, eventually I took his advice and I spoke with this person. And the, the person was a bit more senior than the person who was trying to stand in my way. Um, sorry, I can't give more details on that. Um, um, but because of the influence that I had had previously, so this, the first gentleman that I spoke with in the Christian group, I'd been interacting in the Christian group since I joined the company, I think a couple years prior, um, just 
participating in conversations, blessing people, being blessed by people as well. So I was known enough to the, to the part of the community. I was known by this person quite well, to the point that I felt comfortable approaching him for wisdom. I felt comfortable um, seeking his advice. He also was able to share with me. He, he knew me enough to help me. Um, and also the second person who eventually helped me um, um, by influencing the, the other person who was trying to stand in my way, I had happened to work for a client who he managed two years before. And when he was in a different position, and because of my track record with him, because he'd seen the good ergon I had done with that client, he knew who I was, so he knew that what this other person was trying to say wasn't the full picture. And because of that, he was able to stand his ground and say, no, you're going to let her move into this area because I know her. And if I had just gone about my life, just put my head down, done my work, just done my ergon anyhow, just done anything. I wouldn't have made such a good impression two years ago with this second gentleman. He would have been in no position to help me. Not just that he, he was able to um, influence the, the person who was trying to stand in my way, but he was quite instrumental. He was quite like important in the process of getting to this new area. So if I hadn't had that impact, should I say, with him, by the ergon that God helped me to do, he would have he himself would have stood in my way. Um, so I, I, just, I was just reminded of this um, principle that it's so important. Now, when I was participating in the Christian group, I wasn't thinking to myself, oh, wow, let me do this so that in two years' time, I will be able to leverage. I didn't know what was going to happen. Like nobody, I don't even know what's going to happen in 15 minutes from now. I was just going about my day-to-day -day life. So I'm not talking about trying to manipulate people. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's evil. That's not what we should be doing. I'm just talking about living out of the overflow, going about our day-to-day, -day, living lives full of love, living lives full of impact, caring about the people around us just because, not because of any benefit we're, we're seeking to get, just because of who we are as God's children. Um, so yes, I'd like to ask the band to kindly come up now. Um, and I will just give us a few questions um, to reflect on in the week. So the first one is, based on what I, I just shared, for example, what or who is speaking for you in your greatest time of need? So when you can't speak for yourself, be it that you don't even know the person to speak to, be it that you're not in the environment, you don't have the influence, like I didn't have the influence in that situation. I, I, I was nowhere near as senior as these people. They were the ones who had the decision to make. Who's speaking for you? Who's, who's fighting in your corner, if I could use that term? And the second question is, is there anybody at work or in your community or in church who would gladly inconvenience themselves for you? And I use the word gladly because you can kind of just do something grudgingly for someone. No, but I'm saying someone who would willingly do something for you. Is there anybody like that? If so, like why is that the case or why not? If, if you've answered, actually, there's nobody like that, why not? Um, and the third one is, it's never too late to change things. We can always adjust. Today is the day to start again, if, that, if, if your answer was no. And just reflecting, how can we start sowing good seeds today? How can we start impacting the people around us? How can we start caring about the people around us? 
And there was, a, there was a, quite an important quote I came across yesterday, uh, which I thought summed this up quite well. And it's by a man called Craig Groeschel. Um, and he's a pastor of a church in America. And he said, instead of trying to fill our lives with all that we want, we empty our lives to make a difference in the lives of others. So we move from the focus of ourselves to the focus of others. And that's how we make impact. That's how we make a difference. And so in closing, I just want to remind us, it's not about good works. So we're not saved by doing good works. We're not trying to earn brownie points with God. No, we, we can't. There's nothing we can do. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags before him. So we're not saved by good works, as, as the scripture says in Ephesians 2.8. However, we are saved to do good works. We are saved to do good ergon, agathos ergon. Again, that, that word or that phrase comes back again. We're saved to do agathos ergon, which God created us to do right from before time began. Um, so let's be inspired by, Tib by Tabitha's story. Let's be inspired um, to, to live our lives as God created us to, to do those good things that he created us to do, to live out of the overflow. And it's about his power, not ours. So I'll just close um, us out in prayer. And I'll just ask if you could kindly rise. Okay. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for um, that word. We thank you for the challenge that Tabitha's life is to us. We thank you, Lord, for the things that we have learned and can learn from her example and the other examples in Scripture. And we ask that you will open our hearts, you will open our eyes to see as you see, to see around us, to not just see people as excuses or people just being in the way as nuisances, but to see them through the eyes of love. Help us, Lord. Inconvenience us, O oh God. Help us, O oh God Almighty, open our hearts to have hearts like yours, hearts of compassion, hearts of mercy. Fill our hearts, O oh God, with your love and help us to live out of the overflow, to do the agathos ergon, to do the eliemosune, to do the good things that you have prepared for us to do long ago. And that, Lord, we're not doing this in our strength, we're empowered by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.